Giles Bickford is with us now for business. Kia ora, Giles, and the speed of rate rises in the US is slowing. Kira to you, Imani. Yes, the US Federal Reserve, the central bank there, has delivered the expected 25 basis point rise for its benchmark rate, which now sits between a range of 4.5% and 4.75%. That's the highest since October 2007. In a statement that was in line with expectations, the chair of the Fed, Jerome Powell, reaffirmed its determination to get inflation back to 2%, talking of the need for ongoing rate increases. However, the tone of Powell's comments in a subsequent news conference were interpreted as being on the dovish side. U.S. economist William Pugliese of Wells Fargo Bank thinks there's a rate rise or two in the offing in the medium term. I think this is really a bide their time meeting for the FOMC, where you know we've got two more CPI releases between now and the March meeting, two more employment releases. Obviously, March will also have an update to the dots and the economic projections, which today's meeting does not. And that's really, to me, when the rubber is going to meet the road for the Fed, when they need to decide, you know, will we hike one more time? Are we going to sit on hold for a while? What do we want to project for the rest of the year? You know, right now, I think this makes sense with the Fed that's, you know, feeling good about where the data is heading. But, you know, they don't by any means feel that it's mission accomplished yet. That's William Pugliese of Wells Fargo. Locally, the forecasting community is now picking a 50 basis point rise in the cash rate at the first Reserve Bank monetary policy statement of the year in three weeks. And that follows softer than expected inflation and labour market numbers over the past week. Drug maker AFT Pharmaceuticals is expanding its product range and plans to develop an antibiotic eye drop to combat serious eye infections. Maxi Jesic manufacturer has signed a licensing deal for the product that's been developed by the US firm Latitude, hoping to break into a billion dollar market. Nona Peltze has this report. AFT Chief Executive Dr. Hartley Atkinson says the drug has been designed to treat patients at risk of serious eye infection because of drug-resistant superbugs. It fills a gap in the market and has already been approved for treating a wide range of other types of bacterial infections. AFT expects it will take three to four years to develop the medicine before it's sent for approval by authorities in major markets, including the U.S., Europe, China, and Japan. The company says it will fund the development within its existing research budget, which is forecast to be about $12 million in each of the next couple of years. The brewing industry is asking the government to help fund investment in carbon dioxide redistribution as a shortage of the gas continues to bite. Carbon dioxide is needed to push liquid through pipes and it also needed to give the brew a fizz. But since the closure of the Marsden Point refinery, there's only one food-grade CO2 plant left. That's at Carpuni and that's currently out of action. The head of the Brewers Association, Dylan Firth, says most breweries create more CO2 than they need, some of which could be captured and used to carbonate drinks. He says some brewers are investing in the machinery needed to do this, but it's a big ask. It's a considerable piece of kit for many breweries that, that may not have looked into it before. And because those options available were available of purchasing others, they may not have looked to have done it. If you're a small brewery, you know, spending a couple of hundred thousand dollars, um, it's probably more than you make in a few years. So I think what we're doing is starting to have those conversations with government. Is there money available through some sort of fund to help decarbonise, you know, your business or, or move to a more sustainable operation? And I think there's plenty of funds for other industries and spaces like this. It would be something that we'd want to look specifically that would help not only brewing, but potentially other industries as well if there's ability distribute more CO2. And a report uh, commissioned by the association and done by the Institute of Economic Research 
shows the brewing industry generated $896 million in tax revenue for the government last year through excise tax and GST. Also shows annual beer sales were worth about $3.3 billion and rising demand for low and no alcohol beer and low carbohydrate beer make up about 13% of sales. More than 50 years after revolutionising international air travel, Boeing has bid farewell to the iconic 747 jumbo jet. The last of the double-decker, a freighter version, rolled off the production line yesterday. Airlines have shifted to more economical twin-engine jets instead of uh, superplanes such as the 747 and the Airbus A380. But the post-pandemic travel boom means some of them are coming back. The head editor of the Airline Observer, Brian Summers, isn't surprised to see some retired jumbos returning. Three years ago, a lot of airlines panicked. There was absolutely no business coming in. They were hemorrhaging cash and they said, we can't do this anymore. We have to park these airplanes. And I think they got a little ahead of themselves. And some of these airlines said, we will never fly them again. The economics weren't great even before 2020. But now fast forward three years, everybody wants to fly. It's going to be a huge summer in Europe and the United States. And as you say, airlines need the lift. So the economics aren't great on the airplanes, but if you fill them and if you use them at big airports, you know, like London Heathrow and uh, Frankfurt, they work. Well, there are two significant 747 deliveries still pending. Replacements for the U.S. presidential planes, usually called Air Force One. Well, let's see how markets are performing. Joined by Belinda Stanley of Craig's Investment Partners. Kira to you, Belinda. I looked at the local share market just after it opened and it was looking down. But then when I looked again just before I've come on air and it's up, what's happening? Yes, the market's taken on a bit of a positive tone. Uh, the NZX 50 is up 56 points at 12,147. So um, that sort of follows on from that NASDAQ there having a pretty good rise over in the US up 2%. So um, few, just looking at some of our leading stocks here, the movers there, Auckland Airport, they're up 3 cents to 8.65. Contact Energy down to at 7.78. EBOS is up 49 cents at 42.59. Fletcher Building up 6 at 5.31. Fisher and Paykel Healthcare, they're up 43 cents at 26.35. Um, we've got Meridian, they're steady at $5.40. Main Freight down 30 cents at $72. Port of Tauranga up to at 6.30. Ryman's up to at 6.88. And we've got Spark up 5 cents at 5.32. Only time for a headline on the Australian Open and then the currencies, please. Yes, so a positive start over there. They're up 44 points at 7,545 and uh, just zero there up 6% so taking that lead from the NASDAQ. New Zealand dollar is a little bit higher um, probably against a weaker US dollar today versus uh, the US we're at 0.6514, the pounds at 0.5257, the euro 0.5914, against the Australian dollar we're at 0.9110, the yuan's 5 4.373 and the yen were at 88, oh sorry, 83.80 down slightly. Our five year swap rates, they're just down six at 4.195. 90 day bank bills, they're up two at 4.94. We've got Brent spot oil at 83.47 and gold, it's up $2.60. It's currently at $1,953 an ounce. Thank you very much. Belinda Stanley from Craig's Investment Partners. Time just to tell you that the number of building consents issued in December down 7.2% on the month before. 
just 1.1% higher on the previous year. Uh, the number actually issued uh, was the lowest monthly number since February 2021, suggesting that a bit of steam is coming out of the construction industry. Business news updated, uh, along with the numbers, around half past five in Checkpoint. But for now, money, that's business. Kiara.